Hello and welcome to the Rock and Roll Football Absolute Radio Podcast. I'm Matt Ford and this is... I am Matt Dyson. Hello and welcome to the podcast. You've got such a lovely voice, Matt. Oh, thanks, Fordy. Oh, thank you. Really good. Like, you could do film trailers and stuff. Really? I'm not sure yeah. about that. I'm not sure. I've got... It's, it's, my family say I've got a radio voice when I, that I put on. But I try and uh, speak normally, but I just you, to try and speak a bit more clearly rather than having a radio voice. Your voice is quite exactly the same off-air as it is on-air, I would say, Fordy. Which is, yeah, I'm deeply which, unprofessional. No, no, in a good way, in a good way. Some people's voices are tr- completely different off-air to what you hear Oh, man. It, and I they mean, fascinate me. <laughs> <laughs> it's very... That's more of like a local radio thing, isn't it? Where Yes, yeah, yeah. They're sort of talk like that, and they go, it's Radio Nottingham. You're like, whoa. Yeah. You weren't speaking you talking like that, about that a minute ago. Yeah. <laughs> yeah but you really do, you do have a lovely voice. You have a oh, fantastic well, thank you. voice. Well, thank you. You're making me blush. Did you sound like that at school? Uh, <laughs> what? <laughs> no, it just sounded normal at school. <laughs> no one ever commented on it. Let's put it that way. I would love to see some of your school photos. I bet you were a really cute kid. Uh, I was a little, yeah. I was, I was the youngest brother of three, so yeah, I was the, ba- I was the baby of the family. The baby. I'll send you some pics if you want. <laughs> yeah, that. Um... <laughs> yeah, please. This has got weird. Yeah, this is got very weird. Interested. <laughs> well, what a treat of a show we've got for you coming up. It's an FA Cup semi-final replay. Uh, special, so there's some cracking games in here, including uh, the replays of the games that we featured last week. We've got some incredible stories to the world of sport, including, I mean, the Nasri William Gallas one is off the chain. Oh, so you will not guess what went down between those two. There's no way, like it's like even with the stories about Ronaldinho and Aspria and some of the mad yeah. stuff, the Nasri Gallas thing is berserk. Even Maradona, at the height of his mafioso cocaine shenanigans in Italy, wouldn't have thought of doing this. Yeah, this is fully this is fully crackers. Craig Bellamy's incredible um, relationship with Mark Clattenburg. <laughs> ben Osborne, Sheffield United Premier League star Ben Osborne joined us. And, um, oh, of course, the latest instalment of Rock and Roll Football to Lie oh, Down. Yeah. Enjoy. Brace yourselves. It's time for the Rock and Roll Football Podcast. Rock and Roll Football on Absolute Radio with Matt Ford and Matt Dyson. Dyson, how are you doing? I'm all right, thanks, mate. You? Yes, very good, very good. Almost nine weeks since I last set foot outside at all. Oh, wow. I'm still amazed. <laughs> it feels a bit weird. Are you, are you bearing up, are you? I am, I am. Uh, you know, following that conversation last week, I've, my exercise bike has saved me. I do an hour and a half on that five or six times a week. Wow. Yeah. That's amazing. I've lost how, weight. I'm wh- feeling pretty fit, you know. That's really impressive for being stuck in the house all day because most people just eat more, but you're exercising more, which is very impressive. We can all. Yeah, I didn't say I this. wasn't eating more. No, but yeah, but you're burning it off, so it's fine. <laughs> as long as you're burning it off. I mean, yeah, a lot what, of exercise. How, how, how far do you? How far do you cycle then in this uh, these one and a half hour sessions? Does it like give you a distance? Odd K, I think. That's, it's wow. 20, maybe twenty five. Nice. I don't really measure. I do interval training, so I'll go like fast and slow and like increase the um, resistance on the thing. So oh yes. Oh right. Yeah. Like uh, they're doing spin classes and all that. Exactly. They're, so it's they're like a spin knackering, class. aren't they? You don't. You're not doing Peloton though, are you? You've not got someone telling you what to do on a video screen. I did use the Peloton app for a bit, but the the instructors annoyed me after a while. 
Yeah, yeah. I'm not so why are you so happy about this? I'm in physical pain. Spinning classes are so. I've never sweat so much as I did at a spinning class. Yeah, I, I just. You know what I do now? I put a film on. I pedal for an hour and a half. Minute on, minute off. Oh. Minute on, minute off. And then I, you know, get what, on with, with the my film. Life. Minute of the film, minute off, minute of the film, minute off. Yeah, it's a strange way to watch a movie. It's a strange way to watch a movie, but whatever works for you. Now, there is talk of the Premier League coming back, and we'll have to wait and see exactly Mm. what happens. When we usually have Premier League action, we start the show with you giving us a rundown of the hot Premier League fixtures we can experience. There are no hot Premier League fixtures today. So, Dyson, for your roundup, what are you concentrating on today? It's it's a sort of look at the current state of play, home and abroad, I'll say. Okay, Matt Dyson, take it away. Premier League football could be just weeks away, as you say, for the project restart is go. And apart from a few conscientious objectors like Glenn Murray and Danny Rose, it looks like it's happening behind closed doors at the start of June. As they quite rightly point out, the importance of football pales into insignificance during a pandemic. But at the same time, it would be a nice distraction from the day-to-day mundane drudgery that lockdown has brought about. Something to lighten the load and help us stay alert. We must remain alert for potential offside decisions. What was it, Boris said? (laughs) Stay alert, control the football, save penalties. As we speak, uh, as we speak, the Bundesliga in Germany is less than half an hour away from restarting. At this very moment, in a studio in Berlin on Absolutas Radio on Rock and Roll Fußball, a hairy sidekick called Matthias, mein Bruder from another mutter, is running down the half-two kickoffs over an umpire band's version of the grandstand theme tune, while his colleague is doing impressions of Angela Merkel and screaming "Und es ist Lied." Even before <laughs> whacking on one of David Hasselhoff's hits or something. Uh, Borussia Dortmund versus Schalke. Hoffenheim against Hertha Berlin. Frankfurt at home to Borussia Mönchengladbach. Oh, how glad we'd be to have it back. It's happening, people. Lockdown soccer town is real. Rückseite des Netzes. Back of the net in German. In the meantime, we have retro replay action to keep us going. Und es ist Leben. That's how it's live. <laughs> Amazing. Matt, Matt and you. Rock and roll football. Now you may have seen that ITV on their ITV hub have been replaying in order the entirety of Euro 96. Have you watched any of it, Dyson? I watched the uh, Switzerland game. I watched the first half and then I thought, well, I know what happens here. And Turkel Mats gets that late equaliser. So I think I've probably yeah. had enough of this now. But I watched a good 45 minutes and I did enjoy it. Did you watch the opening ceremony? No, I didn't. No. Is this what Lee you know, Hurst Cash was at? <laughs> well, Lee Hurst is at oh, oh, oh. Michael as a kid, is part of the opening uh, ceremony. Oh, uh, was he? Wow. Yeah, so With his dad or just carrying a flag? No, so he, because Denmark had won it in 1992, at the end of the opening ceremony, mm. two Danish kids hand the trophy back to UEFA, and it's Kasper Schmeichel, a Laudrup's kid, and they're both there just in um, Denmark kits. I've got a photo, I'll tweet the photo out. Wow. Basically, hand the trophy back. And obviously, they have no idea Kasper Schmeichel's going to go on to be a really successful footballer. They say, Kasper Schmeichel, son of Peter. You're like, oh my word. Uh. 
And then there's a really stuffy bit. I mean, obviously, opening ceremonies back then were appalling. Like, it's nowhere near as good as, like, the 2012 one. But then the Duke of Kent officially declares it open. He just gets up on this platform and goes, on behalf of the Football Association and all citizens of England, I declare. And it's just like, what? It doesn't feel like the 90s at all. It feels like the 50s. It's so weird. Yeah. That is bizarre. Wow. Why is it always the Duke and Duchess of Kent that we so closely associated with football back in the day? They were at everything, weren't they? Always at the FA Cup finals. Yeah, there must be, because it's Prince William now, isn't it? So there must, like, one royal must have to be... Yeah, it's like you get... Football. On the FA or something. Yeah, yeah. Weird. I should have researched this before I came on the radio talking about it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, it sounds, that sounds like it must be something. They divvy them out, the roles, don't they? Uh, when you get when you get the big royal job. So there must be loads of roles now Harry and Meghan have left, so I wonder what they had. They're going to have to be shared around the rest of the family now, aren't they? Oh, that's a good point, actually. Yeah, they'll all have to go to like the Cricket World Cup or rugby or something. I mean, if it's not football, what's yeah, the point? Lot... Yeah, <laughs> good point. Exactly. Um, well, welcome to Rock and Roll Football. And I now declare, on behalf of all citizens of Her Majesty's United Kingdom, this episode of Rock and Roll Football open. The Rock and Roll Football Podcast with Matt Ford and Matt Dyson. Now, each week we cover classic games from history in real time. We've done FA Cup finals, League Cup finals, semi-finals, great European nights, so many. Last week we did great FA Cup semi-finals. Two of them ended up going to a replay. So this weekend it's a FA Cup replay special, (laughs) including the two games from last week that we carried over, Dyson. Yes, we have to get some closure on that. We need to finish that story. It was only half told, Fordy. So we need to we need to revisit those games, even though the replays of those ones weren't particularly as exciting as the first games, but we should still do it. So which two games are you covering? I am covering the Middlesbrough-Chesterfield game from 97 after goals galore in the first game between those two sides. And then on Twitter, Brett suggested we go for the last ever FA Cup semi-final replay, which happened in 1999 at Villa Park. It was Manchester United against Arsenal. I'm not expecting much from this one. The first game was nil-nil. So, you know, I'm not not sure we should expect anything too exciting here. Let's see what happens. I'll be covering uh, one of the games we featured last week. It's replay Oldham versus Manchester United in 1990. And thanks to Joe Lolly, the Forest Supremo, former Huddersfield player on Twitter, he suggested we cover Spurs Man City from 2004, which apparently could be a very good game. Yes, you can't say no to Lolly. If Lolly demands it, we shall make it so. Absolutely. I mean, that is a policy of the show. If any current or former Nottingham Forest players get involved, their word is sacrosanct. (laughs) Yeah. They can pick the songs if they want. Kicking you into shape. It's the Rock and Roll Football Podcast. Sound the air horn in 2004 because in the second minute, Spurs have already gone 1-0 up in the FA Cup semi-final replay. Ledley King for Tottenham Hotspur makes it Spurs 1, Man City 0. Good old Joe Lolly, he's recommended an absolute corker already. I hope Ledley's knee holds out. (laughs) The problem (laughs) is, obviously, we know what happens, but we're playing along like we don't. But that was quite a macabre omen. Dyson. Yeah, yeah, no, I'm just saying. I mean, he, suffered, he suffered terribly with his knees, didn't he? He had a really bad knees. Ruined his career, but he carried on and played through the pain. I've got a lot of time for Ludley King. 
Yeah, I think we'll focus we'll focus more on the goal side of things yeah. rather than whether people's <laughs> okay. knees are exploding yeah. or not. <laughs> okay, right, fine. But we, you mentioned injury, actually, uh, because there was a fascinating story this week um, that William Gallas has told. That in, I mean, this is incredible. So he claims that him and Samir Nasri apparently didn't get on. But he says that in 2009, Samir Nasri apparently hatched a plan to have him tasered. <laughs> what? I can't, but genuinely, insane. mate. So there's this interview with him from 2016. He says he was having a meal. He said, at the end of the meal, I went into the hotel and some people approached me and wanted to talk. Initially, I did not want to. And then I recognised a person who was often with Samir Nasri at the Arsenal training ground. This person wanted us to talk and wanted me to see Samir, who was in a car further away. So I got ready to follow him. But my cousin, who's a policeman, told me not to follow him. Now wait for this. At the same time, I glanced inside and I saw someone crouched down with a bag. In the bag, there were tasers. <laughs> what? A bag of tasers? What? <laughs> Why would he need more than one? Surely just one taser will do the job. If you're going to taser William Gallas, if that's your thing. <laughs> yeah, why is Nasri behaving like some sort of gangland boss, like <laughs> sitting in the car park watching it? It's like I, Tonya, but uh, Arsenal. <laughs> they hated each other. You hear about why they fell out? They fell out because um, uh, he disrespected, uh, Nasri disrespected Thierry Henry uh, because they had a fallout about a seat on a bus. No way. <laughs> yeah, was yeah. that it? And, uh, yes, yeah, so I don't know what was going on. Someone wanted to sit next to someone and they got upset. And then uh, Gallas didn't talk to Nasri for a year because of this argument about a bus. It's like, it sounds like school days, you know, when a, one of the horrible kids from school would keep you on past your stop. And you'd, have to, you'd, you'd end up in town and have to walk all the way back. I mean, imagine this would this... happen on the Arsenal team bus. <laughs> imagine if this would have actually happened, though. Imagine if oh, you would have had him tasered. I mean, that would have been insane, wouldn't it? Imagine the effect on team selection. Arsene Wenger names a change side after William Gallas was sidelined following a backstreet tasering of Sammy Nasri. (laughs) Sammy Nasri still recovering from a nunchuck injury. (laughs) The documentaries they make about that era, you know, in 30 years' time when they're making documentaries about that final Wenger few years... Like, you know, when they do the talking heads and they're looking back going, yeah, yeah I mean, Sammy was a bit of a character. He had a few of us tasered once. I mean, you couldn't do that nowadays, could you? Do you know what I mean? You'd have too many players moaning going, oh, he had me tasered. I didn't like it. It was just part of the game back then. He's got a stun gun. Well, I, mean, I don't even think they were widely used back in those days. The police didn't use them until about 10 years ago. I'm sure this was before police had tasers. Sammy and Nasri's connections can get hold of them. Weird. You're listening to the Rock and Roll Football Podcast. Sound the air horn in 1997. Dyson, what's the latest? There is a goal for Middlesbrough. 12 minutes in, it's been scored by Mikkel Beck, the blonde-haired Danish striker, ramming the ball home and putting Brian Robson's Middlesbrough 1-0 up. They have a foot in the final. Yes. I love it when they say that. It's, yeah, you always imagine them straddling one foot. Yeah, I do. Foot. I always physically Str- see like, yeah. the, <laughs> like the foot coming, descending on Wembley. Yeah. Yeah. Like the big Monty Python foot. Yeah, from what from the ground where the semi-finals happening to the Wem- to Wembley, and they've got massive legs straddling the two grounds. But they never say it's always a foot, isn't it? They never say, "Oh, he's got a finger in the final." 
No, yes, true. Yeah, only I think they've got a top. shoulder in the semi-final here. No, it's just a little toe. <laughs> Matt, Matt, and you, rock and roll football. Rock and roll football on Absolute Radio with Matt Ford and Matt Dyson, and sound a double air horn. Because there are goals in 1999 and 2004. Firstly, in 1999, Matt Dyson. Yes, and David Beckham has scored for Manchester United uh, in the 17th minute. Blonde highlights, David Beckham. Short, quite short on the top, blonde highlights. Uh, set up by Teddy Sheringham uh, before rifling the ball home from the edge of the net. Uh, so it's Manchester United 1, Arsenal 0. Again, rifling is the only... Is that the only sort of firearm that gets used... Yeah, oh, you said howitzer a couple of weeks ago. I quite liked that one. That was a nice one. We should use no, that one. No one says, often. oh, he water-pistoled it in from there. <laughs> yeah. He no, super-soaked it from the edge of the <laughs> 18-yard box. But there's a goal in 2004 as well. Robbie Keane in his Spurs-era shirt. It's 2-0 now for Spurs, so surely, after 19 minutes, they're cruising wow, into an FA. They've got, a, they've got a big toe in the semi-final. Yeah. A big toe and a couple of fingers. Yeah. I'll tell you what, yeah. the... Um, the the things that date football are what team was Robbie Keane playing for and what haircut did David Beckham have and yes, just yeah. both of them just now yeah it takes you back to that exact moment in time the rock and roll football podcast with Matt Ford and Matt Dyson sound the air horn again in 2004 it's all going off Christian Zieger has scored for Spurs. They're now 3-0 up in the 43rd minute. I mean, they've not just got a foot in the final. They've got a, they're showing ankle, yeah, leg. Yeah, I mean, you surely, say a f- yeah. Oh, Shin in the final. Yeah. Everything. Ears, nose and throat. And yeah. Joey Barton has been sent off for Manchester City. What? So City now to 10 men. It's all going crazy. Oh, no chance of coming back from this, surely. Bedlam. Oh, it's wonderful. What a classic FA Cup semi-final. Now, a man who knows a, two, a thing or two about winning semi-finals and winning finals is Sven Joran Eriksson, who was obviously highly successful at his time as Lazio coach, slightly less successful as England manager. He was on a Sky Sports kind of Zoom chat this week, and he was asked which footballer he would want to be marooned on a desert island with. And listen to his answer. Would that be, Sven? Wow. <laughs> Well, if I only have to take one people, must I take a football player, a man? Just to be clear, he's saying, does it have to be a man? I think yeah. he's got other things on his mind. Yeah, oh, he's still still a randy old goat, isn't he, Sven? <laughs> he was always a always a ladies' man when he was in the UK, and he's still still banging on about it now. Imagine being that poor lady stuck on a desert island with Sven. God, he wouldn't leave you alone, would he? <laughs> but it's like, Sven, now is not the time, mate. This is a football show. Don't start making you... Yeah, we don't want to hear about yeah who you fancy the most at the moment. That's not what it's about. So, Sven, <laughs> let's have a look at our England lineup. Who would you start with in goal? Well, does it have to be a man? A couple of young ladies I met in the hotel last night, I think. I would like to see them on the pitch. <laughs> who, who would I like to have on the team, coach? I mean, who haven't I had on the team, coach? <laughs> Oh, Sven. The Rock and Roll Football Podcast with Matt Ford and Matt Dyson. 
I don't know how to break this to you, but we've got a double air horn situation here on Rock and Roll Football. Goals flying in everywhere. First of all, in 2004, Sylvan Distan has scored for City. They got a goal back against Spurs. It's Spurs 3, City 1. And in 1990, Dyson... Finally, the Oldham Man United replay has come to life. Brian McClare has scored for United. They're 1-0 up in the 50th minute. The dour Scotsman are scoring a goal for Sir Alex Ferguson. So, so he's not a sir, actually. I don't know why I'm calling him a sir at this stage. He's not a sir. He's just uh, he's lucky to be keeping his job at Man United at this stage. But I reckon he's going to go on a good run after this. At this stage, just a lowly commoner. Yeah, yeah, exactly. A man of the people <laughs> has yet to be elevated to a status of the empire. Mm. No, so hair dry, no hair dryer treatment yet from him either, I don't think. No, more, more just a sort of hand dryer. Yes, yeah, yeah. One of those... Um, no, I think he used one of those toweling ones. You pull it down. He started off with just them in the in the dressing room at halftime these days. Yeah, and then, and then it was just like a little hand fan. Yeah, and then eventually he went to the full-on hair dryer. I mean, what's he now, like a jet engine? <laughs> you wouldn't want to be on the end of one of them. Kicking you into shape. It's the Rock and Roll Football Podcast. Sound the air horn in 1997. What's going on, Matt Dyson? It's another goal for the white feather. The grey-haired Italian Fabrizio Ravanelli has got a second for Middlesbrough. They're now beating uh, Chesterfield, who are in the third tier of English football, 2-0. Big money, big spending, Premier League. Middlesbrough are back on top. Middlesbrough now with a hip in the FA Cup final of 1997. Possibly even groin. Possibly a groin. (laughs) All right, Sven. Bloody hell. (laughs) Now, each week we feature your personal own goals from life. We've got a few here. Uh, Matt Dyson, Helen in Twitter's been in touch. Yes, uh, she said uh, the F word. She dropped an <gasps> F-bomb. She said, oh, effing hell this afternoon uh, before, she, uh, before she remembered to mute her mic to about 50 people on a group call. Uh, but uh, I don't think anyone noticed, she said. It was right at the beginning before the group leader had arrived. <sighs> Who does she think she is? A member of parliament? Did you see that this week? Oh, who was it? Who swore? It was a it was a Tory MP was like remotely I think it was Prime Minister's questions or something, but it was like a parliamentary proceedings and um didn't realise or made a mistake and effed and jeffed. Oh nice. You've really Classy. got to be careful. Tim Vine, the Tim Vine, the pun master. Wow. What? Put in touch, uh, on Twitter, he said, when I was twenty one I played for a Sunday league team. We lost one particular game three two. I've got both our goals and their winner, which was a bullet header into the top right corner. Oh, <laughs> oh no. It's like Des Walker's own goal at Wembley. Yeah, it sounds like it, yeah. Oh, Tim Vine. Do you think that's it, where his sort of love of slapstick started? Yeah, I think by, by the sounds of it, yeah. He went to pursue a career in comedy rather than football after that. You're listening to the Rock and Roll Football Podcast. It's more double air horn action here on Rock and Roll Football. Goals in 2004 and 1999 in the 69th minute of that FA Cup semi-final between Spurs and Man City. Paul Bosfeld has scored for 10 Man City. It's now Spurs 3, City 2. They've got about 20 minutes to turn this round. Spurs had almost an entire body in the FA Cup final. They're now (laughs) down to a metatarsal. 
And in 1999, Dennis Bergkamp has equaled it up for Arsenal. It's Man United 1, Arsenal 1. These are classic cup replays, Dyson. They certainly are. One all. This one looks like it could go to extra time, this Man United-Arsenal game. Ooh. And what happens then? Uh, yeah, well, they go to penalties eventually if, if no one scores in extra time, don't they? Because you only have one replay back when you had replays. So, um, yeah, it's got to be decided today. Do you think we could do a penalty shootout special on here where... <laughs> oh, yeah, I don't know. But like the we treat penalty them... shootouts. Yeah, but then we treat the, each goal like it's a, a goal in a game, do you know what I mean? So then we, we count the score as if it's the actual final score. So it's like 8-7 yeah. and 6-5 and stuff like that. Yeah, I mean, it might get a bit samey. I mean, there'll be a lot of air horns just all going oh, off. Break it a, to me gently, mate. <laughs> Rock and Roll Football and Absolute Radio with Matt Ford and Matt Dyson. We've got a double air horn situation. Firstly, in 1990 between Oldham and Man United, Matt Dyson. This Oldham side under Joe Royal are refusing to give up the 81st minute and equaliser for Andy Ritchie. It's now one all, Oldham against Man United. In 2004, incredibly Sean Wright Phillips has scored for Man City. It was Spurs were 3 0 up wow. against 10 men. And in the 80th minute, it's now 3 all. And Spurs are at home. This is absolutely incredible. What a game. Oh, they can't be at home because it's the semi final. What am I oh, talking yeah. about? No. Well, no. they're listed first. They've got they, some sort they of. First. They were first on the yeah. team sheet. You know, and that yeah. helps. First oh. on the team sheet advantage, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now, we're having to enjoy this retro football. We're enjoying it a great deal. And um, because. Presently, there is no Premier League or, or any British football happening at all. We're delighted to be joined by Sheffield United and former Nottingham Forest star Ben Osborne. Ben, welcome to Rock and Roll Football. Pleasure to be here. Thanks for having me, guys. Mate, it's a real pleasure to talk to you. We're both massive fans of yours. We're both very sorry to see you leave Forest, but we're, we're, we're proud of you playing in the Premier League. Yeah. Have you noticed a step up in the standard of football? Um, well, yeah, I noticed <laughs> at the start going into training, it was a bit of a, a bit of a step up, which I was quite surprised by, seeing as they were in the championship uh, last year. But they've got a real good group of players here, um, and it, it was a it was a little step up, yeah. They've almost done too well, haven't they, Sheffield United? You're not getting you're not getting as much a look in because that first team squad seems quite settled, doesn't it? Yeah, I mean. The, They've been so consistent, the lads. Everyone's, you know, rose to the challenge. Um, they've all upped the games, and they've more than held their own in in a, in a lot of the matches, um, and deserve to be where we are. Um, so yeah, yeah, it's been it's been quite tough, especially the first half of the season. Um, but just had to try and stay in and around it, take my chances where I could, whether it be a cup run or whatever. And we've, yeah. we've done all right in the FA Cup, um, and I've had a bit more game time this this year, so. Well, you're still, on my fantasy football, you're still on my fantasy football watch list. I've still got you on my watch list, just waiting for your time to come, and it will come, and you'll be a bargain, and you'll score loads yeah, of points for me. Yeah, keep me there. I'm not on a lot of money, so keep me nah. there. <laughs> I mean, we're all struggling without football, Ben, as fans. What's it like as a player to not have any to play? It was not... I mean, the uncertainty of what was going to happen was, was the worst bit, really, um, because we we were still keeping fit as if raring to go not knowing what was going to happen um, but normally you've always got a goal it was the first time working like 
towards something where we don't know what's going to happen. Um, but now it looks like we've got a bit of a bit of a plan together. Um, we're being told June the twelfth, so hopefully it all goes right in Germany, and then um, we can get it back. So, have you adopted a German team to support this weekend? Yeah, I'm going to go for Dusseldorf. I visited a, uh, visited the city last year, and it was just unbelievable. Went to watch them play Dortmund. Actually, um, went in the Dortmund end, but Dusseldorf were just quality. The fans were unbelievable, and um, yeah, so we decided to uh, adopt them as our German team. So, do you, do you go and watch football abroad much? Well, I. I did try and start it up as a little hobby, but it is hard. So straight after the season, <laughs> straight after the season, um, we flew to Germany last year to to go. I wanted to go Dortmund's ground and watch the game yeah. there, and um, I've been to see Barcelona play. Um, but yeah, it's yeah. definitely something that I, I want to do. Um, when I get a chance, if it's an international break or anything, just quickly fly over, see what it's like, and uh, see the city as well. Really enjoy it. Nice. I love Germany, man. I went to Berlin earlier this year. In fact, for the lockdown, I got myself some German beer because I was missing it so much. It's in a different league. <laughs> oh, Germany's quality, isn't it? It's oh, I love it. I love it, it so much. To be less, um, I don't know, and the nightlife and just like less rules and regulate. Like, I don't know. It was just... Sounds a bit dodgy, quality. mate. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, the bouncers aren't as strict there, are they? <laughs> I don't know. It was just... Yeah, people were so friendly and... Yeah, it was, it was really good. Had a great I time. love the fact that you're, you're just interested in football still outside of the game. You hear about some professional footballers who just do it as a job. You know, they don't care about football. They're not into football. Do you ever played with any like that? Um, I don't know, you know. I think it's a bit of a myth. There's people that pretend to hate it. Um, I've right, played yeah. with a few of them. They Showing pretend off. to hate it. <laughs> they, don't, they don't want anything to do. Nah, I, I don't take interest outside of, outside of football, but then they can reel off every stat in the last 10 years. Uh. Um, a few of them. Um, Matty Fry, it springs to mind. He used to be hated it. But <laughs> no way! Did he? Huh? He, yeah, and then he could, um, you know, anytime there's a quiz or anything, he's pulling out questions from everywhere, and you're thinking... How do you know that when he doesn't like football? Ah, but they're like those kids at school who pretend they haven't revised before the exam. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it might be a bit like that. But um, I think the no, majority, majority of people that have played with do, they, they do like it, yeah. Good. Um, on, on Twitter, you've been asking people for recommendations for albums that you wouldn't have listened to yet. Have you had any good ones that you've enjoyed? Uh, yeah, there's been a few. I mean, it, it went a bit mad, that tweet. I've had about 700, and now I feel bad <laughs> for picking through and picking. Um, but yeah, basically, the, the ones that I've been looking at is, is bands that I've, I would have heard of, and but I've not really given them a chance. So I, I went and dived into the back catalogue of the Harsh Martins which I enjoyed oh, amazing uh, yeah misses don't like them uh, <laughs> what does she prefer uh, well I don't know but well she didn't prefer the murder capital either got recommended them <laughs> and um, they're quite heavy but I've been really enjoying them as well um, so yeah there's been a couple I got your recommendation actually Matt as well I've got a few songs from uh, Dire Straits that have made the Spotify playlist. Oh, good, because they're seen as a bit naff, but I think they're brilliant. Well, Andy Reid's, I think he's a big fan, and he's mentioned them to me before, and I'd heard Sultans of Swing. That was yeah, the only song I knew about. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, I really enjoyed that as well, actually. Oh, that's good to know. That's good to know that I've had a, a, an impact wow. during lockdown. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that that yeah. Brothers in Arms no. album was amazing, wasn't it? God. 
That's my gift yeah, to you as, as a thanks for your goal against Leeds on New Year's Day the other year. Or was it Boxing Day? Um, it, it was, was New Year's Day, wasn't it? it? Yeah, that 4-2 yeah, one. New that Year's. goal was incredible. Yeah, no, I did enjoy that, actually. <laughs> and so do you, I mean, obviously, we're, 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 we're slightly leading the witness, but do you miss Forrest a bit? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, yeah, of course you do. Um, I think there's definitely a sense of you don't realise sort of how great a club I mean I always knew it was a great club obviously but yeah I know it just becomes so normal when you've been there that long basically my whole life yeah um, <sighs> but you don't realise how much of a great club it is until until you leave um, just you know everyone speaks so highly of Nottingham Forest um, just everything about it everyone loves playing there um, but I mean that shouldn't be a good thing but Everyone loves you. Like you'd go in there, you know, driving across the Trent and oh, seeing like the settings oh, yeah. and just the city. And it is, it's just like, it's, it's beautiful place to play. Um, so yeah, there is that kind of sense. Definitely. Oh, I, think I've, I think I've got some in my eye. Uh, yeah, it's just a bit nicer than Bramwell Lane, isn't it? A bit nicer than Bramwell Lane. But uh, <laughs> no, you picked a great time to go to Sheffield United though. Wow. They're just, a, they've been the team of the season really, haven't they? Yeah. No, they've been unbelievable really. Um, that's what we're saying we just want to make sure we can well hopefully finish it and um, yeah see where we end up but it's exciting definitely that's really exciting Ben we're both massive fans of yours and we're chuffed that you're at a Premier League club and we wish you all the best and hopefully we can all go to a Dire Straits gig some point in the future (laughs) (laughs) yeah definitely Rock City the Rock and Roll Football Podcast with Matt Ford and Matt Dyson it's more double air horn action here on Rock and Roll Football. A first goal in 1997, Matt Dyson. And it is another goal for Middlesbrough. They're now 3-0 up. Emerson, the Brazilian, has scored it. The amazing hair, the sort of soul glow hair that he had, oozing with product and oozing with class this afternoon as he's put Middlesbrough 3-0 up. This is all done and dusted. They've got, like, I'd say, the whole of their upper torso in the final just an earlobe left to get into that final for Middlesbrough. In 2004, you're not going to believe this, in the 90th minute, Man City were 3-0 down and a man down. Jonathan Macken has scored for them. It's Spurs 3, City 4. This is absolutely insane. I can't believe it, Dyson. A spectacular collapse from Spurs. I mean, this is ridiculous. How can you be 3-0 up against 10 men and end up losing 4-3? Madness. Absolutely bonkers. Um, But not as bonkers as a story from this week that Mark Clattenburg, the referee, was recounting his run-ins with Craig Bellamy. Apparently, they didn't get on very well, um, which isn't necessarily surprising. (laughs) But in an interview with the tabloid paper, he said... I knew my relationship with him was on sticky ground when he squeezed my balls in the tunnel at the Etihad. And then he goes, and I don't mean my match balls. <laughs> well, yeah, because if he'd have squeezed your match balls, it wouldn't have been a story, would that it? It would have been fine. That's not a sending off offence, I don't think. Exactly. It? Did I tell you about the time Craig Bellamy squeezed my balls? What, he grabbed you? <laughs> no, just two footballs that were lying around. <laughs> yeah, great story, Mark. Well done, mate. <laughs> so was it, in a, was it in a playful manner or a sort of Gaza Vinnie Jones style or aggressive, horrible Dennis Wise style wind-up merchantry? Well, there's a, there's a great quote in the, in the interview. He says, it was a joke. I think. I think, yeah. It's like he's started to doubt it now. He's like, oh, was it? Well, maybe he was flirting with him, you know. Maybe Craig Bellamy was just testing the water. Yeah, see see if he was up for anything. 
I was just, imagine doing that to anyone. He's just not, let alone a ref in a game you're about to play in. It's like he's been put up to it. I think Tell you what, like, Craig, if you want to get into the ref's good books, go up to him. Just give his pods a squeeze. It works a treat. <laughs> refs love it, mate. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It works a treat, mate. <laughs> I think they, they were always, in those 90s days, the laddie footballers, they were just grabbing each other's balls constantly. <laughs> Left, right, and centre, weren't they? It was part of what happened in the dressing room. Wee, wee. Left, right, and centre makes it sound like he had three. <laughs> Sometimes he grabbed everything, yeah. Kicking you into shape. It's the Rock and Roll Football Podcast. Many of you will have seen Sunderland Till I Die or the Leeds documentary, the Man City documentary. You might remember the Graham Taylor one, the John Sitton one. There's a proud history of football opening its doors to documentary teams. And here in Rock and Roll Football, we've agreed to do the same. We've let the cameras and the microphones in behind closed doors. Uh, There have been two episodes broadcast so far about Simon Platinum, a high-flying City investor taking over the show. Um, How do you feel about... Um, Hearing yeah. it back, Dyson. It's not painting me in a great light. I think, you know, some the, the editors, they do a lot of, you know, fancy stuff in the edit room. And sometimes you can look worse as a person than you actually are in real life. Uh, so, yeah, I think I may be getting stitched up by the editing a little bit, perhaps... Yeah, I mean, I haven't featured in it yet. It makes me wonder. It's ridiculous. And worry that, I don't know whether I wasn't there or whether they don't think I'm important enough to be in it or what. It's being edited out of history. Yeah, it's very strange. But, well, we wait with bated breath. We don't get to hear this before it's broadcast. So, you know, we, we have to sit here and just listen to, I guess, our private conversations being broadcast on the yeah. radio. So here we go. With bated breath, it's time for the third instalment of Rock and Roll Football Till I Die. On the river Since taking over rock and roll football, the show's new owner, Simon Platinum, has struggled to convince the show's stars of his pioneering ideas. This week he's got a new approach to try and win over Matt Dyson. I'll be there soon. Dyson, my fellow alpha, look at you, you're like an ape. Raw animal charisma. A man's man. You're like Michael Fassbender, Bruce Springsteen and Dale Winton all roll into one. I can feel the testosterone throbbing out of you. You're like Paul Danan on the opening night of Puss in Boots. Sorry, are you talking to me? De Niro fan, eh? No, no, I'm genuinely asking. All this Fassbender stuff. Do you mean that about me? We're not that different, you and me. I mean, I'm more toned. I apply hair oil, which gives me a wonderful mane. I smell good, you know. You smell like, well, the back of a hot taxi. Uh, thanks, I think. No, it's not the back of a hot taxi. You smell like a PE department's lost property box. Anyway, apart from my millions, my looks, my property portfolio, my natural scent, the fact I'm in peak physique and have high levels of personal pride... We're not that different. Yeah, I've just never really thought of myself as uh, an alpha male. I'm hairy, but is that enough? Dyson, how many times? You're so much more than just a chimp in a polo shirt. I don't care what people say about you around the office. I think you've got it. Thanks, Simon. That really means a lot. Hang on a minute. What do people say about me in the office? Behind your massive hairy back. It's nothing to worry about. It's just some light-hearted nicknames. Fuzz face, chimp boy, the hairy biker, a walking disaster, the enemy of wax, steak pie chips and beans, buffet smuggler, the battered sausage, grease the boozical, 
just the usual. Well, I had no idea. Still, nice to know I'm being talked about, uh, in a way. Uh, if anything, it's a sign of respect, I suppose. I didn't know I had so many nicknames. Oh, there's way more. Chimp Butty, Where's the Honey Mummy, The Sarni Army, Warren Buffet, Pork Chop, Dog Breath. OK, OK, I get it. I thought you were meant to be flattering me anyway. This doesn't feel like the pep talk it started out as. You're so damn smart. That's what I love about you. You could be an apprentice candidate. Seriously, you've got that drive about you. You sense stuff. You're like Kenzie from Blazing Squad just before they made it big. I still don't know where this is going. You start off complimenting me and then by the end of the sentence making me feel awful. OK. Let's do a flip-reverse double rewind, yeah? We both want success, yeah, huh? We both want it now, yeah, huh? Yes. I mean, yeah, huh? Then stop standing in my way. Join forces with me and I'll take you to the top. And I mean the very top. The tippy-tippy top with a cherry on the top. I have to admit, it sounds great. I've just got one question about when we get to the top. Can I eat the cherry? Over. On the river where used to build the boat. Next week on Rock and Roll Football Till I Day, will Simon's involvement in a bodgy smuggling racket bankrupt the shore? You're listening to the Rock and Roll Football Podcast. We try and pack this show with as many treats as possible, and one of them is we're really honoured that every week Jim White comes over here in a chopper from Sky Sports News to deliver my sports news, and here he is to deliver your personal sports news from the week. Thanks very much, Matt. Hello and welcome to the My Sports News Centre. Don't forget, tweet us your personal sports stories from the week at R&R Football or email us football at absoluteradio.co.uk. First, we have breaking news from Dan Trelfer, who fatally lost the sixth event out of seven in the indoor heptathlon against his six-year-old. He left Dan fighting for pride in the upcoming indoor obstacle course event from all of us here at My Sports News, the best of luck, Dan. Over to you, Natalie. Thank you, Jim. James is celebrating this afternoon after getting his empty shampoo bottle into the bin while still showering. Bullseye. That is an absolute worldie, Sarah. VC on Twitter pumped up her bike tyres. She's optimistic for next week when she might even adjust the saddle. Michelle. Yeah, one step at a time. Chris Holton is enjoying his lockdown with his new dartboard. He got a treble 20 earlier today, exactly what he was aiming for as well. Thank you so much, Laura. Ross has been in touch to say that after his kettle blew up this week, he upgraded to a new clear model that lights up when boiling. Back of the net. Over to you, Catherine. Thanks, Jim. Producer Daisy's son, Ezra, has been doing remote training for his football team, the Little Tigers Academy. Ezra managed 39 star jumps in 30 seconds and had just eaten a packet of Haribo. Well, that's the problem. There will be question marks over that. that I think at that age, Haribo counts as a performance-enhancing substance. Yes, he may uh, have so to do a urine stripped. test, yeah. And finally, the urban pensioner on Twitter got nutmegged by the urban dog while playing footy in the garden. Fortunately, there is no video. Well, thanks to all of us here at My Sports News. Don't forget, tweet us your personal sports news for next weekend to at Aranar Football. Matt, Matt, and you. Rock and roll football. 
Sound the air horn in 1999. There's a goal in Manchester United versus Arsenal in extra time. These two old foes. There's another goal. Matt Dyson. Unbelievable goal as well, this from Ryan Giggs. He's just basically dribbled past the entire Arsenal defence and then rifled the ball into the back of the net. He's ran off with his white Manchester United shirts. He's taken it off, revealing his huge, hairy chest to the world, running off, spinning the shirt around his head as he runs off in celebration. And Arsenal were on top in this game. Uh, They had a penalty. uh, Manchester United, uh, Peter Schmeichel saved a penalty for Arsenal. Arsenal were in the ascendancy. And then suddenly, out of the out of the blue, Ryan Giggs scores one of the best goals to ever grace this competition. Just looking at the replay back here on our monitors, Dyson, he's really hairy. So hairy. I had no idea how hairy, hairy he was until this moment. I thought he was still a young lad at this point. I can't believe how hairy he is. He must have grown that hair. You know when you think of how young he looked when he first started playing for United? Mm. And I realise that's because he was young when he first started playing for United. But that hair must have sprouted up in the last couple of years. I mean, the the sheer density of that foliage. Yeah, it's a dense thatch, no doubt. I wonder if he was. I wonder if he was treating it. Oh right, yeah. Do you think so? What with like to make it grow more? Oh, here's a question for you. You're. I mean, I'm quite hairy, but you're. You're. You are hairy. I, am, I think yeah, I'm hairy. Yeah. Then I look at you and I'm like, wow. Mine and Ryan Giggs' chest are pretty much similar, like for like. You know? Do you use standard shower gel on it, or do you use shampoo on it? Because <laughs> it's different hair to other hair, isn't it? So what about <laughs> you don't have to shampoo body hair shampoo? Body. Yeah, yeah, I don't... Well, maybe I should, actually. I'd never really thought about that. But, yeah, I just use standard uh, shower gel or soap, um, you know. Have you ever thought of waxing it into shapes? No, no, I'm really not touching it. I let it grow. Uh, not let just it for grow. Gen- not just for genuine hairy, but I let it grow for the whole year round. I, I only have to, you know, well, the the worst bit is when this little creepers stick out of a t-shirt. So I try and occasionally <laughs> scissor cut them because they can be a bit wild. But um, apart from that, I never touch the stuff. It's like when a creeping ivy gets out of control and starts like poking into a window yes. or coming through the windowsill. Yeah, exactly. You've got to trim that back a little bit. Or it's like, you know, in films where like a derelict building has been overgrown by weeds. Yeah, yeah, That's yeah. kind of like what your hair does to clothing. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's right. Yeah, yeah. Okay, well, that's nice. <laughs> the Rock and Roll Football Podcast with Matt Ford and Matt Dyson. Sound the air horn in 1990. There's more action. Matt Dyson. Yes, late drama here in extra time. And Alex Ferguson has two elbows, a belly button and uh, one thigh in the final after Mark Robbins has scored for Manchester United. This has potentially saved Sir Alex's job. He did hasn't got off to the best start at United. I'm not really sure how he's going to get on in the future, but it's not been a great start, but this could have <laughs> saved his job. Uh, Mark Robbins scoring what looks like a winner. Uh, Man United 2, Oldham 1. And the final scores then, uh, Manchester United get to the 1999 FA Cup final after beating Arsenal. They get to the 1990 FA Cup final after beating Oldham. Borough beat Chesterfield in 97. And Man City, 10-man Man City, having been 3-0 down against Spurs, bring it back to 4-3. What an amazing set of games. Lovely stuff. We need to pick some more for next week. So tweet us in the week at R&R Football. Let us know what sort of games you'd like us to feature next weekend. Thank you for listening. We love making these shows and we just hope you're all well and managing to cope as well as possible as you can uh, given the circumstances. See you next week. 
Well, what a show, Dyson. Sorry, I was just having a sip of Diet Coke. Yeah. That was great. Diet Coke. <laughs> that was a great show. <laughs> yeah, Is that what sorry. you drink when you're on air? No, no. It's just what I'm drinking today. Uh, I don't I don't normally drink it on air, but uh, I was quite hungover earlier, so I just had to pick me up. <laughs> How hungover? Oh, pretty, I was pretty bad first thing this morning, but I had to wake up with my baby Ted, and I was like, oh, it's seven in the morning. It was horrible. Oh, mate. Awful, so what awful. were you, I mean, obviously you were drinking last night, but was there an occasion? Uh, no, it was just face. Me and Kate were just FaceTiming uh, some friends of ours, uh, Greg and Andrea. Uh, so and it got a bit raucous. We just got. We just started getting on it. And did it you go late? These, <laughs> it went quite late. Yeah, I think it was about two o'clock. I think. Oh my word! That's really mm. late. Yeah. So to get up at seven with a child was not great. That's when you know you just got to come down, close the stair gate, whack CBeebies on, and hope that he doesn't notice that I nod off on the sofa. Get bang into the diet coke. <laughs> My parenting advice for you there. <laughs> <laughs> Good, responsible, drunk parenting advice. <laughs> oh, mate. Well, I hope you start to feel better later today. Yeah, I'm feeling better already. This show has really lifted me, actually, you know, that with, with all the musical montages. And, oh, and yeah. Ben Osborne was great to hear from him. So it's all very nice. It's been a real treat. Well, I'm glad. I'm glad to have helped. (laughs) Thanks, mate. Well, hopefully. I mean, we don't know. By next week, we might be clear about when football might be back. And obviously, it's going to be back in in quite a limited form. But it looks like the Premier League might be back. It looks like we might get playoffs in the Championship. So, so there's still there's still a bit of business to be done. So a couple of weeks, it could be happening behind closed doors, and we could be uh, we could be commentating on behind closed doors matches in a couple of weeks' time, which would be amazing, wouldn't it? It would be absolutely. It would just be so good for people. But obviously, we like everyone else. We only want it to happen if it's absolutely safe, and you can guarantee yes. the safety of everyone involved. Because yeah, yeah, it's not worth taking the risk. But as football fans, if it can be done safely, then oh man. Just for the morale of the country, just for all of us. I think it would lift spirits, yeah. Oh, it'd be so good for us. So hopefully, we, we're living in hope. And we also hope that you're all doing well. And we know that you're all in very different circumstances. So we don't say it lightly, but we hope you're okay. We hope this podcast and the show helps take you out of it for an hour or so. Um, and, you know, thank you for listening. Thank you for those of you that have left lovely iTunes reviews as well. Please do take a minute to do that because it helps other people find the show if you've and enjoyed uh, it. Yeah, thank you for all our new listeners. We've got record-breaking amount oh, of listeners. Oh, why did we, we mention we this? We haven't mentioned it on the show. Why didn't we mention it on the show? Oh, I'm <laughs> so stupid. <laughs> yeah, thanks for listening. That's we, should make a, we should make a... We should remember to say that on air next week. Yeah, we should do, yeah. Well, I suppose, you know, do people do we want to blow our own trumpets in such a crass yes. manner? Yes, yes, we yes, do. yes, we do. You've got to celebrate these things. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you have. But yes, we have more listeners to this show than at any point in its history. So we've... Uh, we've yeah. Must be doing something thank right, you. A40. Must be doing something right. So thank you. <laughs> thank you to you all for helping us break records. It's not something we ever expected. So that's a really nice extra bonus from making a show we enjoy doing. And we'll see you next week. <laughs> Bye. Bye. Rock and roll football. Podcast done.